What secrets can one of the world's experts on travel teach us? How do you negotiate medical volunteer travel? Welcome to the ReachMD Book Club. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, Director of Foothill Psychiatry in Boise, Idaho, your host. And with me today is the travel editor for NBC's Today Show, CNBC, and MSNBC, Peter Greenberg. Welcome to ReachMD, Peter. Happy to be with you. Peter, in your recent book, The Complete Travel Detective Bible, you devote a whole chapter to volunteer vacations. Yep, I do, and there's a reason for it. The audience is desperate to have a different travel experience where they get a chance to not just sit at the pool with a a pina colada in their hands, but to actually give back to communities and people around the world. It's probably the best gift you can give yourself, and it's one of the fastest-growing segments in the travel industry, volunteer vacations or volunteerism. What can you tell us about these trips? Well, they range in length from four days to basically nine months, depending on how flexible you are and how much time you want to devote to them. But for most people, they go between seven and ten days, and they're all around the world. I should say, in the interest of full disclosure, that I'm even on the board of one of them called Airline Ambassadors, made up of about 6,000 flight attendants and pilots and mechanics. And we provide 10 to 12 missions a month to orphanages around the world, delivering much-needed medical supplies, equipment, and education. And anybody can go. It's not expensive. And if you don't want to do those kinds of trips, go with Earthwatch and study the migratory aspects of different animals or watch the leatherback sea turtles lay their eggs in in Costa Rica. Of course, there's Habitat for Humanity. There's Global Volunteers based in Minnesota. There are about 300 or more that we are able to track great volunteer vacation organizations that may not just be one-dimensional, meaning You don't just have to go on their trip. You can go on your own trip and then bookend that experience as part of your trip. Hmm. So it doesn't necessarily have to be medical for our listeners. No, it can be anything you want. Now, if you have a particular expertise, if you're a doctor listening to the show, everybody will use you. Why? Because you're already bringing something to the party. And that can be in any kind of medical specialty you have, from plastic surgery to proctology to even x-ray technicians. I mean, there's something there for everyone because there's a great need out there around the world, and it's not being met. This is an opportunity for you to, A, travel, B, immerse yourself in a foreign culture, get that great experience, and C, and the most important, you get to give back to something that is so needed. Many of these trips, though, are to the third world. I would assume that there are challenges to traveling there. What tips might you have for us? Well, you know, you'd be surprised how many challenges there are not, because most of these countries will greet you with open arms. In many cases, the government is totally behind it because they need it. They recognize the need. It makes them look good, by the way, too. You know, you'd be surprised how quickly you get cleared through customs, how easy it is to get through everything. All the barriers get broken down, and you get to do it. And you mentioned third-world countries. Let's not forget our own country. There are about 1,200 organizations in this country that perform some form of volunteer vacation service in the United States alone. And we saw a lot of that, of course, after the hurricane in 2005 in New Orleans. So you don't have to go halfway around the world. No, but if you can, why wouldn't you? Right. How far in advance do you have to plan these trips? Everything is different, and everything has a different expense associated with it. Some are more expensive than others, obviously. I personally prefer an organization, like Airline Ambassadors, by the way, that we can actually prove to you that 98.5 cents of every dollar we get in goes back out. We have almost no budget because we don't believe in heavy overhead. We all have other things that we do in our lives where we can basically shoulder that expense. And, you know, it's contagious. I sent a woman who runs my operation with her then 10-year-old son, her mother, and her stepdad on an airline ambassador mission to Argentina, it changed their lives. And it was only a five-day trip. Now, how can we find out more information about that particular program? 
you can go on their website, which is airlineamb.org. That's airlineamb.org. And in fact, you'll see the piece that Brian Williams did on it on the NBC Nightly News. Now, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is travel writer Peter Greenberg. We are discussing his latest book, The Complete Travel Detective Bible. Switching gears a bit, Peter, you also have a chapter in your book on medical tourism. Yeah, that's switching gears entirely. It's <laughs> it's exploding around the world because of the high cost of medical care, especially in this country and some other developed countries. And it ranges not just in terms of hip replacements and heart surgery, and of course what most people would expect is elective plastic surgery and cosmetic surgery, but even to dentistry. The cost differentials are humongous. And what was funny about, or maybe not so funny, when we did a story on it for the Today Show, I was down in a small community called Algodonas, Mexico, which is right across the border from Yuma, Arizona. 15,000 Americans a day park their car in Arizona and walk across the border. Why? Because the entire town is made up of dentists in Mexico. Of course, they're all trained in the United States, but they've come home where the prices are cheaper. And the thing that I found so ironic was that so many people I interviewed who were coming down there for their dental care were American dentists. No, no. Yeah. American Money dentists. Talks. Wow. So border towns, obviously, are... Well, that's, a, that's one border town. Yeah. And it's really catering to people who either aren't properly insured or are uninsured. But then you go to Thailand, where, you know, a hip replacement is one-eighth the cost of what it is in the United States. Kidney operations, I mean... I mean, some very serious, complicated operations that they're performing there, and they're doing it excellently, by the way. Uh, they're doing it a fraction of the cost. But the real key here, and, and any doctor listening to the show will agree with me, it's not just the operation itself, it's the aftercare. You can't realistically think you can just fly off to Thailand, have a hip replacement, come home the next day, and be okay. Mm. You have to have a proper supervised aftercare program in place, or you could be seriously injured or worse. Now, those of us listening, of course, are practicing in the United States, so we may inherit these people that fly off to get these procedures done. How can we investigate where they've been and what kind of quality they might have received? Well, you know, that's interesting. You know, I'm sure you're looking for some sort of a certification situation here. And it does exist to a limited extent. We mentioned it in the book. But I think what you really need to do is to do your homework almost in triplicate before you would ever consider doing this. It's not just related to cost, it's related to quality and the actual quality of the aftercare. And if you can't set that up before you go over there, you shouldn't go. But again, as a physician in this country, we might get these people after maybe a botched operation or whatever. Is there any sort of resource out there where we can check out what these places are and what they have to offer? Officially there is, but I don't depend on it. Mm. I think you're really going to have to, I mean, I'm talking now as a potential patient here, not as a doctor. Right is to say that you need to always check with your own doctor because in many cases, some of these hospitals almost have similar accreditation to U.S. hospitals. They're that good. And some of them, by the way, aren't. And at least do a little homework like you would do with any sort of medical procedure. You want your doctor to be in consultation with the actual participating physician overseas. Is there any data to tell us how common this is? It's growing almost exponentially which is a sad testament to the cost of medical care in this country or the level of insurance and what it doesn't cover. Now, we're not talking about crazy cosmetic surgery and people who have to go get a breast implant or a tummy tuck because that's going to be going on everywhere in this country as well. But when we're talking about some serious issues that are not, you know, cosmetic, where they are, you know, life-threatening if you don't deal with them, kidneys, livers, lungs, hearts, 
yeah, it's growing. Peter, one more topic I'm curious about that I suspect you have something to teach us on is medical emergencies. I've been on flights now several times where they give the dreaded announcement, is there a doctor on board? Any tips or comments you have on airborne medical emergencies? You know, I've been on those flights as well. In fact, I've been very much a part of some of those situations. And I can tell you that now, luckily, the Good Samaritan laws protect physicians and medical caregivers on board in emergency situations where there's no other alternative. And so you should not be reluctant at all to pitch in to help. Today, the technology is such and the telemetry is such that on some airlines, especially the foreign carriers, their medical kits, their emergency medical kits that they carry on board are quite sophisticated. They can, in some cases, actually transmit vitals to emergency facilities on the ground where they can be properly analyzed and get a quick prognosis and diagnosis right back to the attending physician on the plane. This helps in two ways. If it's not life-threatening, the pilot can have the patient stabilized on the plane and flown on to their final destination. And if it is, they know exactly that they've got to divert the plane and land. Obviously, I would expect it's the pilot that makes that final decision. But how much power do we have if we are the physician on the plane in that emergency circumstance? Oh, you have the ultimate power. Because if you go to the pilot and say, this person's going to die in 20 minutes unless you land the plane, guess what? Unless you're flying over the western peninsula or the eastern peninsula of Kamchatka, where there are no landing (laughs) facilities, that pilot's going to do everything in his power or her power to land that plane. Wow. So we actually have power, not as a traveler, but as a physician. Yeah, because, you know, it's your area of expertise. I mean, I wouldn't ask the pilot to operate, and I don't think he'd ask the doctor to fly the plane. But if there's a situation there that's potentially life-threatening, and there's a doctor on board, and they examine the patient, they break out the medical kit, which has all the tools. By the way, I will say that foreign carriers have an infinitely better medical kit than U.S. carriers. Hmm. U.S. carriers for years were so worried about liability and lawsuits, I think they carried like a bandage, a gauze, and a photograph of Johnson & Johnson. You know, <laughs> But the foreign carriers have everything from defibrillators to, and which, by the way, they're now training a lot of their airline staff to use, the AEDs. They carry all sorts of EKGs. They carry all sorts of narcotics that can be used to stabilize a patient that can only be broken out by the pilot with the assistance of a doctor. And I've seen lives in front of me saved. Well, the last time it happened to me, I was on a flight and there was a person who had chest pain upon the descent. And so it was kind of scary because we were supposed to have our seatbelts on and we were going down and I was the only doctor on board and had to go up and attempt to help. But, you know, little did the patient know that I was a psychiatrist and I really didn't know anything. Well, basically you leaned over and said, so how do you feel about this? (laughs) Exactly. I understand that. But, you know, I was on a flight where... 15 minutes after takeoff, and what most people don't understand perhaps is that once you take off, you're automatically, by the sheer physics of it, too heavy to land until you burn off fuel. Uh And we took off, and literally 10 to 12 minutes after we took off, the person behind me had a serious heart failure. And we were too heavy to land. They had already closed the airport for weather. We had to go to our alternate airport, which is at least an hour and a half away. And in that period of time, we were on the phone with the chief medical officer of the airline, in this case, Cathay Pacific, back in Hong Kong. They laid the woman out in the galley on the floor. They asked if there were doctors on board, and there was a heart surgeon from Duke on board, along with another physician, a thoracic surgeon from England. And the two of them got permission to break open the medical kit. They stabilized her. They gave her a diuretic. They got her vitals. They got her the oxygen. They kept her going until we landed in Taipei in an emergency landing after dumping about 50 tons of fuel, and they saved her. But how did they feel about that, Peter? Let's hope they got bonus miles. You know, I wonder. They've never given me any bonus for the times I've Well, you know, there was a terrible story about a British Airways flight going from Bangkok to London in which a woman literally had a seizure and passed out. 
and really wasn't even breathing. And the doctors on board didn't have a good medical kit. And what they did was they sterilized whatever they did with a coat hanger and performed a tracheotomy oh. and saved her, literally saved her. When they landed, I think they gave them like free drink coupons. I mean, come on. you know. <laughs> and they probably lost their luggage, too. Well, of course, that's what they do. Just for good measure. Well, thanks so much for being on our show today. You got it. We've been discussing all sorts of things with travel writer Peter Greenberg. We've covered volunteer vacations, medical tourism, and airline emergencies. Peter's just written a book called The Complete Travel Detective Bible. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the ReachMD Book Club on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and your comments, so please visit us at ReachMD.com. Our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library. Thank you for listening.